Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Coffee Conversations is on Tuesday. You know what it is. I don't know why I was feeling like this. Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. You know. (laughs) That's how we do it. Southern California. We're here. How y'all doing today? Everybody good? Everybody good? Taking care of yourself? COVID-19 environment? You know, check in with us, get some information, get some inspiration. That's what we do. Coffee Conversations with Greg J. We're streaming live, Facebook, Facebook Live, YouTube, and then on demand over at BeachCityRadio.com, BeachCityRadio.com. Thank you so much for your support. We're emerging, just trying to be a uh, prominent voice for the culture. Yes, we're Based here in Long Beach, California, what a great city. Uh, But we are global. We're reaching all over the world, all over the diaspora. You know how we do it, you know, academics, influencers all over the country, and indeed even live from the continent of Africa, because we are all about the culture. So in the news, right, they're talking, you know, a year ago, we... uh, had never heard about this COVID-19 coronavirus that started breaking the news and us here in the hood, we were like, hey, ain't no black people getting the COVID, you know, remember that? That's what we were saying. It's like, ain't no black people getting it. Well, here we are, man. 500,000, they saying, have passed away from the COVID, you know, 19 pandemic in this country. And I don't know about you, but, you know, in the last 12 months, I've lost quite a few people, some very close to me, some, you know, not close, but, you know, you knew them, acquaintances and all of that, enough to hit you in the gut when you hear about their passing. Some very suddenly, you know, you, you see them one moment online posting, or you might have talked to them, you know, this morning, and then tomorrow you get the news, you know. Um, you know, and but then there's other stories where people have, you know, gotten the COVID um, virus and then recovered. I have a friend of mine, a former co-worker that I keep up with, and he um, contracted the COVID virus early on and it didn't look good, but he survived. But when I speak to him every now and again, because, you know, I don't know about y'all, but I would encourage y'all to do this, too. Uh, I just check in on people. I just go through my phone, my contact list and holler at them to say, hey, man, look, let me just check on you. OK, everybody cool. I don't want any business. I don't want to talk, you know, serious stuff. I just want to see how you're doing and send, you know, love and light vibrations your way. And when I speak to him, I think that, you know, sometimes he's still, you know, hey, he's feeling the effects of it, you know, and and haven't gone through that. But just thank God that he's alive, you know. So now here we are a year later. We've had all of this experience. And then here they come with the vaccine. And I know that we in the community are skeptical. I am. I just keep it real. I'm kind of like, hmm. (laughs) But at the same time, as a broadcaster, as a voice of community, I really want to, you know, I don't don't follow me. You know, we got to get the information. 
we say make up our own minds and you know they got the guy dr fauci all on the on the tv all the time and everything you know and i just feel like you know we just want to reach out to our folks we got plenty of medical professionals in our community excellence all over the country so i am striving to bring forth you know the great african-american minds in medicine the healers the experts, the folks that are out here on these here front lines doing it so they can share with us in a very real way. They can sip coffee, talk to us, talk to their people and say, okay, look, this is what it is or this isn't what it is, whatever the case is. And we can all make up our minds, you know. So I'm really happy this morning. You know, I've been seeing her. This is my new friend right here. I just met her just online on a whole other project. Y'all remember when we did the Martin Luther King um live stream and you know i had reached out to her and say okay i need you to have a a message about the covid but i have followed her and i uh you know i always talk about how i'm kind of new to long beach but not really for a couple of years few years now a full presidential term how about that and uh you know i see the sister down there like hey you know i'm one of the professionals the voice the one that's leading the charge in this pandemic environment and i'm just proud of her you know and just uh, you know, we stood up for her. Uh, she didn't know us, but we stood up for her when they were trying to question her at the city council meeting. You know how it is. So I'm just happy this morning that she said, okay, look, gee, I'm coming through to sip some coffee and let's talk about the vaccinations. Vaccinations. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Anissa Davis, Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yes. How are you? Coming. Oh, doing all right. You know, Good. considering. <laughs> yep. Yes. 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 Okay. So, Doctor Davis, you 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 know, first of all, how are you doing? I know you've been out here taking care of all of us in this beautiful city of Long Beach, but you know, hey, how are you doing? How's your family? Everybody cool? Yep. Yep. We're all doing well. Um, you know, just staying safe, not really going a bunch of places. Um, and I'm just busy. So, but we're all, you know, together and doing a few more things together now than maybe we did before watching mm-hmm. movies and, you know, fire pits at night and things like that. So we're doing all right. All right. All right. All right. So here we go. So, so the vaccine is here and it's going on, you know, and so I, on one hand, I'm hearing there's disparities on how the vaccine is being distributed across the city of Long Beach. And then when I take a, take a step back and focus my lens on across the country, we're hearing the same type of story. But yet I'm hearing that in Long Beach is supposed to be a model of how the vaccine is being distributed. Even the governor was uh, here in Long Beach to to say, okay, hey, great job, great job. Why is Long Beach a model? I think Long Beach is a model because we have been able to get the vaccine out uh, efficiently and quickly um and at a large scale mm-hmm. so and i think to uh many different sectors so i think that that really is uh helping to make us a model however you could still be a model and have room for improvement and so um around distribution to all of our communities is definitely um where we are really working to improve access and improve um folks getting Shots in mm-hmm. arms. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I heard uh, from the District 6, you know, heavily minority community, mm-hmm. and they were sharing that, hey, you know what, our, our seniors and, and the folks, the people aren't getting it. They have to travel too far to get the, the mm-hmm. vaccine or whatever. Do you, is, from your side of things, is that, a, is that a truth or what are you doing to try to make sure that those people are served? Right. I definitely think that, you know, uh, their experience is the truth. And so we, uh, I think in the beginning, there was a very big, because we were in such a big surge when the vaccine first came out, uh, which we're still in, but not to the same degree, that the uh, emphasis was on quickness and kind of large scale. 
And when that's your emphasis, there's going to be barriers that people aren't able to overcome in order to take advantage of this large scale or fast moving uh, vaccine distribution. So mm -hmm. now we are uh, really working hard to uh, address those barriers. So we have been out in the community. We've done um, some, uh, we call them points of dispensing or pods. They're basically mm -hmm. like mass vaccination clinics. Mm -hmm. We've done some um, focused towards Spanish speaking only populations. Um, and uh, we were at a park recently that uh, focused on the Cambodian population. We did, I believe, three to 400 vaccines. I think that was just yesterday. Um, and so we've been in parks, we've been at uh, middle schools. So we are definitely getting out there into the community um, to help address barriers of, you know, transportation, um, the digital divide. Uh, we've also had uh, community organizations working on getting people signed up. So mm -hmm. like if you don't have a computer, you know, you could call those types of things. And then kind of the next phase, what we're gearing up for is having mobile teams who can go to home. So if you're homebound or you have transportation, you know, you don't have people that can take you to uh, the mass vaccination site that will actually come to your home. Um, and then also to senior living homes and um, like senior apartments and things like that. So that'll be ramping up within the next week or so. All right, Dr. Davis, you got all that going on. You're doing your job. But, you know. I, I don't know. There's a lot of people out there like me who are like, okay, I'm looking at the history. Mm -hmm. I don't want to take the shot. Today, mm -hmm. this is how I'm feeling. I'm not trying to take the shot. So then mm -hmm. uh, what would you say to me? So um, first I'd ask why, like what are your uh, specific concerns around mm -hmm. the vaccine? So here's the thing. I, well, that's probably a whole nother show. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, here's the thing. When they had the swine flu years ago, I was in the Marine Corps, right? And they, you know, inoculated us like right away. It was an order. I had to go down there to sick bay, uh -huh. get the shot and keep on pushing. Got to do your job, right? And I have to say that I'm glad I did that. I To this day, so 40 years later, I, I rarely get sick. I don't. I just don't get sick. And I always say, I wonder if that shot they gave me, you know, keeps me, you know, keeps me healthy. But when right. I also look at, you know, what is going on in the, in this country, there's a, there's a lot happening and I'm very keenly aware. I'm not necessarily a conspiracy theorist. However, I am aware. And they're pushing very hard for all of us to get vaccinated. And so I don't know what the government is doing is my concern. I just okay. don't know. And they haven't said anything that makes me say, okay, cool. Mm. I will go ahead and do the shot. I see all my activist friends out there online. I am getting the shot. I'm getting the shot. People who I love and respect, I'm getting the shot. Get yours, get yours. I still am not convinced. And I happen to know that there's a lot of me all around our communities across mm -hmm. the country. Uh, so what say you? So, one thing that I would say is that I totally understand the hesitancy of everyone. And I want to say that it's not just Black folks and it's not just people of color who are feeling a little hesitant or just not, you know, wanting to be the first ones in line necessarily. Um, it's more so among people of color, but it's definitely everybody. And, um, and that's including, you know, healthcare workers, you know, all sorts of sectors of people. Um, and I think that's totally understandable. This is a new vaccine. Uh, it was developed, you know, uh, quickly. Um, and so I think that that's normal. So that would be the first thing that I would say. Um, the reason that I think some of that happened, the reason that, you know, so although the vaccine itself is new, so this mRNA type of technology, which is just a little uh, clip of like instructions that tell your body to make this thing called a spike protein, 
which is a part of the virus, but it's just one little part. It's just the recognition part. And so uh, the, the vaccine itself is just the instructions to that little part uh, mm. with a coating. And so that's what gets injected. And it tells your body to make this harmless protein. And then mm. what that does is once your body makes the harmless protein, that those little instructions are degraded. So they're, they're not part of your body. They don't get into the nucleus of your cells. They don't interact with your own DNA or genetic coding. Mm -hmm. um, so once that's degraded and you make this protein, your body sees that protein and says, oh, you're infected with the coronavirus. I'm going to do my immune response to mm -hmm. protect you so that if you ever do come across the actual real virus, you'll be protected. Mm -hmm. So uh, so it's, it is a new technology. However, it's a new virus. However, that technology has been studied for decades. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's been studied for other types of vaccines. So uh, Ebola, uh, other types of influenza, like the swine flu you were talking about, um, cancer, they're using it to uh, try to fight cancer. Um, and so the technology has been studied in humans. It's been found to be safe. The, the main issue uh, around why they haven't used mRNA vaccines until now was that mRNA itself is very fragile. And so it's very easily degraded. And that's why you have to use all these special like freezing temperatures Freezers and all those and kind stuff. of things that you've heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that would be the first thing I would say um, that it is new. However, it's been studied for a long time. And then the other thing um, around the quickness of it, which I think, again, I think I understand that that would give people pause. You know, this was a full global event. So usually when we're developing something, there's like a company here and a company there and they're taking their time and they have to raise money. And, you know, they have like 10 things maybe they're working on. But this really was a, a worldwide event. We're going to put a lot of money throughout companies throughout the world, just so that you can focus on developing this. A lot of companies work together, like the Pfizer vaccine is um, BioNTech. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Which is in Germany and then a company here in America. Um, and so there were a lot of, there was a lot of money and a lot of focus. And they also did a lot of um, research kind of all at the same time. So they did their studies like very quickly, but they still mm -hmm. didn't skip any steps. It's mm -hmm. just that they really focused on this because it was such an important issue and people were dying. Um, the other thing I'd like to say, because I do feel that and, and you know, totally understand that Black folks have not really gotten a fair shake in our healthcare system. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of things that have been done to us mm -hmm. uh, historically. Mm -hmm. um, we've talked a lot about the Tuskegee Institute, which was mm -hmm. a government-funded uh, study that basically uh, let people have syphilis when there was a, a treatment for it, but they didn't give it to Black people because they wanted to study what the effects of untreated syphilis were. Um, mm -hmm. So that was a horrible thing that you withheld medicine, life-saving medicine from, from a group of people. Um, there's also, you know, uh, Henrietta Lacks where she had cervical cancer and she, they took her cells without her knowledge. No one in her family got, uh, compensated. Um, and those cells are used today to, you know, anytime you're growing a cell when you need to, uh, study something, it's usually a descendant of her cells. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of things that I think we can all point to. And then I think how we're treated right now, you know, within the healthcare system, um, but I want to say for this vaccine, this vaccine was created by us 
and uh, with us and for us. So uh, an African-American woman, uh, Kismikia Corbett, uh, actually developed the Moderna, which is one of the mRNA vaccines, you know, and, um, and we were a large part of the studies, you know, um, 10 to 13% of the people who were studied uh, to get these vaccines authorized were African-Americans. Um, and then a much larger part were people of color in general, um, which is something traditionally we have not seen. We haven't seen that Black people are a part of clinical trials to the extent of what our population is, um, which is about 13%. And it's, right. and I want to say right. it's just for us, you know, this, this, we're the ones dying, like you said. And so that's why I think it's important that we take advantage of um, the vaccines. All right. So you say for us, by us. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and with us. And yep. with us. Okay. So, okay. Here's Sheena Burns. She's asking, have you personally analyzed the contents of the vaccine? Um, I've looked at the list. So I, I know that the, the, I can't rattle it off the top of my head, but I know yeah. that there's the mRNA and there's the um, polyethylene glycol. So, the, so it's just the little uh, structure of the mRNA and then there's a coating. And so the coating is what gets it into the cell. And so that has um, polyethylene glycol, which is uh, uh, something that you see in other, like when you need to have a colonoscopy or a laxative, it's in that. And then there's something else called polysorbate, um, which is an additive that's in foods. Uh, and then there's a few other things. So I have I have looked at it. I don't know if there was a, a specific question that she had. Um, I think the other thing I just want to say, you know, um, around the vaccine hesitancy and what's going on now. So they, the, the, I think that one of the important things is, is the context of the situation that we're in. So it's one thing when somebody's asking you to take a vaccine or to do something um, you're a little hesitant about, and, you know, maybe there's two people that have been infected and five people have died. But I think, you know, really looking at the context of where we are now, the, you know, we've had 500,000 people uh, in America who died from COVID-19. Um, at least 66,000 of those people are African-American. And, you know, when you look at that, and we've had nobody who's died from the vaccine, and we've had millions of doses now that have been distributed throughout the United States. And so I think that that's also something that I keep in mind when I'm trying to make decisions. You know, what is the the risk of not doing the thing versus the the benefit of doing the thing. Oh, I can't hear you right now. There I am. So I heard heard that, um, I did hear that people died from that though, from the, they took the vaccine and then, we're gone. So there were some news reports. There have been reports of people who have died within a time period after having the vaccine. Mm-hmm. I have not seen that it has been tied to the vaccine. So I have not heard that they felt like the vaccine was the thing that caused mm-hmm. uh, the person to pass away. Um, mm. I see. So just the timing was off. Yeah, I mean, you know, definitely. So the other thing with this vaccine being new is that there is um, a lot of monitoring and tracking that's going on around the vaccine. So uh, the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, um, is looking really closely. They have a program called VSAFE. So after you get the vaccine, they'll actually check in with you, you know, every day for a while and then every month. Um, And I think they follow you for about a year. And so... uh, and they ask all those questions. And if, mm-hmm. depending on what you say, they'll actually call you. So mm-hmm. they are looking very closely um, right now. So more closely than we have with other vaccines. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I haven't seen where it's where they can say that it was because of the vaccine. Um, all right. Dr. Gloria Willingham Torres asking, so your immune system must be strong in order for the vaccine to work? That's the question. And then she's asking, would there be a difference in expected outcomes for persons with a compromised immune system? 
Thank you for that question. So yes, the vaccine, we would expect that the vaccine would work best in people who have a functioning immune system. Mm. Um, however, it is not dangerous for those who have a poorly functioning immune system. So say for instance, they have advanced HIV or they're being treated for cancer, or they have a variety of other um, immunocompromising conditions, uh, they're still eligible to get the vaccine. It's still safe in them. It just may not uh, work quite as well. And right now there is not data to say for sure how well or how, you know, how it compares to people who have a completely functioning immune system. Um, there's just not enough data right now uh, to determine um, what the differences are between the two groups as far as how they respond to the vaccine. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just very interesting. Let me ask you this. So there's all these different companies, right? And they, they put it out there like you're, we are supposed to know if Pfizer or Moderna, and I think I heard you mention a couple of other companies are about to jump into the fray, mm -hmm. you know, how do I know which one? I'm going to go to, uh, so I'm going to go to the Long Beach health department and say, yeah, give me, I'll take the, uh, Double dose of Moderna. So, you know, that brings up an interesting um, question because you may not have a choice. So, you know, all of these vaccines are in short supply and mm. the federal government is distributing them to the state who then distributes mm. them to the local, you know, counties and cities and what have you. And we kind of, we, we get what we get and that's what we offer. Mm. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing is that they've all gone through. So right now there's only two vaccines who are authorized to use, and that's Moderna and Pfizer. And they've uh, all gone through what's called an emergency use authorization, which is the FDA um, process in order to be able to use the vaccine um, in a public health emergency, which is what we're on, what we're in. Um, and everything around uh COVID-19 right now is operating under an emergency use authorization. So all of our testing, all of the treatments when you're in the hospital, everything around COVID-19 um, has been expedited in order to save lives. So, um, so, so the difference though, like uh -huh. just to a normal guy like me, what's the difference? I, and I'm hearing Johnson and Johnson's coming with it. So right, right, yeah. yeah. So there's not a huge difference between Moderna and Pfizer. Mm. Um, Pfizer was studied uh, for 16 years and older, so you can use it for 16. Which whereas Moderna, it's 18 years of age and older. Um, they both are mRNA vaccines, so they're both that little. Uh, the little instructions to make sort of the same thing, which is the spike protein. Um, they both have kind of the same common, what we call reactogenicity or side effects. So um, the, they're very common and expected. So most people will get a really sore arm for a couple of days afterwards. Um, mm -hmm. And then you may get, you know, fatigue and headaches and nausea, um, uh, those types of things, feeling kind of like fluish. Uh, so those are the, the same. Another common difference is that um, Moderna is uh, every 28 days. So they're both two shots um, to be completely vaccinated. But for Pfizer, it's the first shot. And then 21 days later, you get the second shot. And for Moderna, it's uh, the first shot. And then 28 days later, mm -hmm. um, Pfizer is more frozen than Moderna. That's where you need that ultra low temperature freezers, like super, super duper frozen, where it's Moderna is just normal frozen. Um, so those, so they're very, pretty similar, those two vaccines. Uh, the J&J, &J, which is the Johnson & Johnson, uh, that is the next one kind of in the pipeline to be authorized, is, uh, is somewhat different. So kind of uh, instead of being an mRNA, it's a DNA virus. So it's still instructions. Uh, it's still telling your cells to make kind of the same thing, which is that spike protein, but it's just using a different type of um, instruction method, if you will. Mm -hmm. And the great thing about Johnson & Johnson is that it's only one shot. So, um, which is, you know, will be very helpful. And it doesn't need all those special freezing temperatures and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be much, uh, much easier for, you know, kind of your average doctor to be able to carry it and use it. Um, mm -hmm. So those are the things with Johnson & Johnson. Uh, 
they all, they're, they're, so all of them are very effective in preventing very serious illness, hospitalizations and deaths from COVID-19. Um, Johnson and Johnson right now, like we haven't had gotten all the data yet, but it looks like the Johnson and Johnson one, you may be more likely to get like a mild case of COVID mm -hmm. than you would with Moderna and Pfizer. Um, but for all of them though, it's keeping you out of the hospital, it's keeping you from dying. And that's kind of, you know, our main goal um, mm -hmm. in, in preventing the virus. All right. So, you know, here's a question uh, again from Shanna. She said it was made for us by us. So the pharma co companies that created the vaccine are black owned. But let me just say this. I love that question. But here's the thing, Dr. Davis, I trust you. <laughs> I don't really trust the pharmaceutical companies mm -hmm. and the powers and principalities that are out there, you right. know, making us take this stuff. I trust right. you, my sister. I got you. Okay. Uh -huh. I tr even trust the, the sister that invented it, that worked on uh -huh. it in the lab and everything like that. What are you saying? Let me just, let me, I guess I'm trying to ask you. So <clears throat> what can you do? Can you say like from your heart, what can you uh -huh. say? You probably might not even have the answer, but to us, to me, Shana and others who are like, you know what? I see my sister got you, but I'm not with the system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just don't. How do, I, how do we assuage that mistrust? Um, I think being, you know, you make very good points. And the person, I think it was Shana, who talked about the pharmace pharmaceutical company is making good points, too. Uh, are they black owned? No, uh, they are publicly traded. So a lot of us that have, you know, IRAs and what have Sucks. you probably do own a little itty bitty bit of it. Um, and we, we live in a capitalist society. And so, yes, people want to make money. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that I, so that to me, that's that mm -hmm. I feel confident that all of the safety measures were taken. And I want our grandmothers and our moms and our husbands and our sons to be here. Um, we've all, we've all suffered. Um, everybody, you know, uh, my husband's uh, second wife died from COVID. Those are relationships that are gone. I mean, they're just, you know, that grief is, um, you can't ever replace that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, somebody's making money. Okay. You know, that has to happen. But here's this thing that can really change our lives and get us back to be able to um, maintain those relationships. And so to me, that's what I look at. I look at it, you know, this is what I want for my community. Mm -hmm. um, I feel that it's safe you know, when you look at the whole, again, context of it, you know, all these people who have died, um, I want that to stop. Like, I want that mm -hmm. to not happen anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think I'm willing to kind of step out a little bit. Uh, I'm scared as well. Like, I'm not a first in line type for uh, new treatments in general. Um but, you know, I want my husband to be around. He's in his 60s. I want to be around. I don't want to leave my kids orphans. And that's happened. I mean, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I'm willing to take the risk. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot to consider this morning there, mm -hmm. Dr. Davis. I mean, you know, man. I know it is. Let me share a screen with us here for us here. Just kind of really look at the, the statistics that have happened. I found this earlier today. So this is the uh, a chart. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Just Google COVID statistics, Long Beach, right? So. uh L.A. counties had 32,429 cases. And uh, let me just go over here and scroll down a little bit. So, I mean, that's a lot of folks. Uh And um, how many in in Long Beach, California? You've had quite a few? We've had, um, let me find exactly... Let me look. It's it's been. Um, I know we. I think we tipped five hundred. So let me mm-hmm. see. Um, I typed in Long Beach, but it only gave me the county. Just see. Okay, so- we've had. Oh my goodness, we've had eight hundred and eight deaths. It it just it's amazing how you don't look at something for one day and just wow. these huge or two or three days. Um, so, yes, we've had 50,855 confirmed cases and we have 808 deaths. Um, and the thing that's 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 difficult with that, like it's. It's us, you know, it's mm-hmm. black people, it's brown mm-hmm. people. Um, so it's not hitting. Um, I'm trying to where are we? Let's see, it's not hitting us evenly, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, now, and mm-hmm. here's the thing. All right. So see right here where I have it. All right. Right mm-hmm. after, you know, here we had this great uptick, right? They were talking about right. the surge and everything like that over the holiday season. And then, uh, president Biden and vice president Kamala got elected. This is how I see it. Okay. Then <laughs> all of a sudden it started going down drastically. How is that possible if we were having such a hard time with the surge, the surge, the surge, and then when the new administration comes in, you know, the reports Mm -hmm. are that it was dropping so bad? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think the I think there were a few things that happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when we were surging, I think it was kind of this perfect storm. So we kind of Mm -hmm. we were, you know, as you can see here, like around October the 1st, we were kind of, you know, we were we were low, but they were there. You could see there were still uh, infections. Um, And then you had. Yeah. And then Mm -hmm. you had Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, and anytime you have a holiday, we've just, we've seen that things like about a week later, things start to tick up. Um, yeah. people, yeah. you know, have parties and gatherings. So you kind of had Halloween and that kind of tipped things up. Yeah. And, uh, and then you had Thanksgiving on November 26th. Yeah. And yeah. I think that was really an explosion. So the week right after Thanksgiving yeah. was just a bomb had gone off. Mm. So that really set things off. And then after that, you had Christmas and you had New Year's. Um, And so you just had your, it was, it was awful. It was really awful. And I think what has happened now is uh, I think after New Year's, I do feel like there was a, uh, a community understanding or awareness or acknowledgement that we we were in it you know what i mean like things were not good um and i think people really uh stopped gathering for a while to be honest um we also did a the state did a regional stay-at-home order that was around for um long beach and los angeles county that was around the 10th of december uh so that also probably is playing a part in things getting a little bit better because that's when we stopped outdoor dining and we lowered the capacity limits for stores and things like that. Um, But then I think a lot of it was just, you know, in February, I heard a lot of people didn't get together for the Super Bowl. Um, I think fewer people traveled over the President's Day weekend. I think uh, fewer people got together on Valentine's Day. Um, and I think those are the things. And then I think the other thing is that it's estimated now that about 50 percent 
in 50% of people in Los Angeles County and including Long Beach have been infected um, with the virus. So now your susceptible population has gone down as well because there's this huge proportion of the population that's already been infected. So I think those are all the things. And then vaccines, although you know we've given out probably I think 50,000 vaccines in Long Beach. Um, I believe about 5% of at least our, our um, older population, well, 5% of all of our population in Long Beach has had at least one vaccine. Um, I think around 50% of our um, senior population has had at least one vaccine. So that's playing a part too. So I think there's a whole bunch of things that are, uh, that are helping us really get this momentum um, of improvement and decreasing cases. Uh-huh. So, you know, this is this graph we're looking at. This is for California in general. And you have mm-hmm. 3.54 million cases with 49,531 deaths thus far. You're saying 50% of the people have um, have COVID? So that's the estimate for Los that's Angeles County. One out of two. <laughs> so every other so person. Because- yeah. So we've had this huge amount of people that have had symptomatic infection. And we know that about 40% of people who are infected don't show any symptoms at all. So there's probably a lot of people that have been infected and they just don't know it because they were lucky enough not to have any symptoms. So, uh, you know, and when you look at Long Beach, so 50,000 people that we know have had a positive test, right? Our population is 460,000. So that's just 10% right off the bat that we absolutely know. And then we also know that there's 40% who don't have who don't have symptoms at all. You know that there's going to be a percentage of people who got sick and just didn't go get tested. So yeah, 50% of people we think have been infected. It was a horrible surge. It was horrible what we just went through these last couple of months. So I'm just trying to uh, process this right now because I just need to stay right here in my studio. But I need to go to the bank and stuff, man. You you (laughs) got to wear your mask and physically distance. And And what you're talking about, I need to wear my mask now. (laughs) (laughs) My goodness. Okay, so, you you know, know. we like to always point our lens to across the... um, you know, across the globe, uh, especially mm-hmm. in the continent of Africa, because that's where we are. We're always about building bridges of music, arts, and culture with Africa and African Americans. And you know, we've talked to directly to a lot of our friends down in South Africa, in particular, over mm-hmm. in Kenya, over in Senegal, and, and uh, Nigeria. I mean, we just had Kana. Uh, we read some headlines a couple of weeks ago where the nation of Tanzania is refusing the vaccine, mm. but uh, but has a government mandated herbal program. So they say we're going to do it with the herbs because there's medicinal quality. So I began to ask a lot of the broadcasters and and professionals that we have on this show. Hey, what do you think about that? And they were like, mm-hmm. you know what? Hey, there there's some truth to that. There's always some healing in the earth. What do you think about that? You know, I have to say that I am not that familiar with treatments for COVID-19, with herbal or alternative treatments for COVID-19. Um, however, you know, many of the things that we use in, you know, established medicine um, are from the earth. You know, mm-hmm. aspirin is from mm-hmm. uh, tree bark, mm-hmm. um, blood thinner. Um, and so it's not... Uh, it's not out of the ordinary. Um, I think the thing that's difficult too is that uh, because we're this is a new virus, we're in a pandemic. Um, it's hard to be able to do the studies to really see like something is effective or it isn't effective. Um, but I think if we don't see that it's harmful, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't be opposed to using some of these other um, remedies or treatments. Well, you know, we've had the vitamin D around here, uh, did turmeric, garlic, um, Mm -hmm. pretty much every night, you know, uh, there's a few other, you know, herbs that uh, we as a practice have taken as our buffer against COVID-19. And I, I think thus far, it's been good. I haven't felt sick, you know, but you're saying we could be walking around here infected and not know it. Yikes. (laughs) Yeah. 
see, but see, when they when we say that, all right, when we say that, that makes you even more, you know, leery. And then you say, okay, I need to go take this vaccine. But on the other hand, I and I'm just thinking out loud here. On the other hand, I don't trust the government to because of the past record and just what's going on all around me right now in this country. Um. How do I come to a peaceful center? I mean, I might be taking all the natural herbs and all of that, but based on what you're seeing in your view, and I, I trust you, I'm there, I'm, there, I'm with mm-hmm. you. You're on the front line. You see what you see. Heck, one in five, I shouldn't even be going to the grocery store, let, it, let alone around the corner to move my car or, or whatever. I shouldn't even be going outside. I need to get one of those hazmat suits and just sit up in here, you know, this is serious stuff. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. I will say that it is. So we know a lot now about how the virus is transmitted. And so it's mm-hmm. really about being in close contact with somebody for uh, prolonged periods of time. So that's why we're, you know, in general, the public health recommendations are to not be indoors at all with people who are not in your household. Um, that you don't live with and to avoid gathering in general with people who are outside of your household, because that's really what the, uh, the, the big risk is. Um, so, you know, going to the grocery store, yes, there is a risk. Um, but, you know, we know that you have to live life. And so that's when it's important to kind of do those other precautions, um, mm-hmm. the mask wearing and the, the distancing and, you know, going when it's not as busy, um, and those types of washing your hands um, and those types of things. So it's really, you know, where we see the risk is when you're around other people, especially without a mask, especially indoors, um, and especially the larger, you know, the more people, of course, that you're around, then the more chances are that one of them or more um, could be infected and not know it. All right. Now let's just keep it real here. There are certain communities that are like F the mask. Okay. And uh-huh. you can see that they're having protests. If I drive down the road to Huntington beach, they uh-huh. not try to wear their mask. If I go over, you know, I, I think to be honest with you, that's probably one of the reasons why we, uh, our studio is in uh, the East village arts district. I'll go call it out. Right. And so we, uh, you know, as business owners have really, you know, struggled with the, you know, okay, should we keep our space or, you know, well, I mean, we're just like the restaurant owners, we're not a restaurant, but, but you know, it's, it's some financial considerations as uh-huh. business owners, should we keep our, our space and all that whole thing. But when we drive over to that area, ain't nobody wearing a mask. It's crazy, mm-hmm. you know? And so what do you say to that? I mean, you know, you're saying we have to wear a mask. You're saying we wash our hands, all of that. But clearly a lot of people are like, this is some form of control. I'm going to walk around. I feel privileged. So I ain't going to wear my mask. Those are spreaders to me. Well, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't recommend that people be around. So, you know, I'm recommending that you wear a mask. So if you're around people and they're not wearing a mask, then uh, I do think it's, you know, not a good idea to be around them. Um, I, you know, I think and hope that as information is communicated, that we can act on the information. Mm-hmm. Um you know, that's what's going to get our schools open is mm-hmm. wearing masks. That's what's going to get our restaurants opened is wearing masks. That's what's going to get our, the rest of our businesses open. Um, and it has been a huge toll on our businesses and our schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hope that we're able to take the recommendations that are going to allow us to get our lives back and to get our economy back. Um, and it's wearing a mask. I mean, there's just no other way around it. There's just, there is nothing else. We are not going to be able to, there's not going to be enough vaccine to be able to vaccinate our way out of wearing a mask. Um, We're going to have to, for the, for the foreseeable future, for the next several months, we're going to have to wear a mask. We're going to have to physically distance. Um, And again, I feel like, you know, when you look at it and you look at the, the, the costs and benefits, I'm like, you know, I'd rather wear a mask and know that we're safe um, and able to get schools back open than to not wear them. 
and be in the right. situation we're in. I'm going to engage in some snitching right now. <laughs> I'm going to ask you as the health officer of Long Beach, just to take your team and walk through or drive through, however you do, the East Village Arts District. Ah, maybe do it on a Friday or something like that. And mm-hmm. then let me know what you what you see. And then, you know, enact some whatever you do to make those people <laughs> wear masks. Yeah. You know, it's folks, folks aren't trying to do it. I understand that. And we've really tried to, uh, to be educational and, um, uh, you know, I hope that we can see the, the benefits, um, Mm -hmm. and to kind of, you know, do the right thing. All right. Okay. So one of my favorite things is to, you know, go on our beautiful shoreline and that's where I go and I run, I get my miles on and all that, but I can't breathe through my mask. So when I'm running, I'm trying to maintain social distance and everything, but I got to take my mask off because I got to breathe, you know, especially Mm -hmm. when I get up into those upper miles. Am I safe? Um, you know, so safe is a hard word. You know, I think it's always relative while we're in a Mm -hmm. pandemic, Um, so I think that, uh, if you can get yourself away from other people, you know, I understand you need to take off a mask in order to be, uh, to breathe while you're physically exercising, which is a very important, uh, activity for our mental and our physical health. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think you just have to, you have to modify it to, to, you know, to lessen your risk. And so it's not being around people. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's being you know, if you can get like 12 feet away from other people while you're running, that's what I would recommend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is very, very powerful stuff, you know, and I, I would love for you to uh, continue dialogue with us so we can help you get the word out um, on what we should do. I, I can't say that I'm completely 100% convinced today, but I will say that I'm duly noted. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's okay. You know, I think it's, it's, I think it's normal, you know, and it's okay. And I think just keep having those conversations. Um, I think that that's the important part of all of this. And, you know, when you're ready, it'll be there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Keep asking your questions, keep challenging things. I think that that's really important. All right. Now, I just want to switch lanes here real quick because I just died to ask you, right? All right. So the big story, I guess, right before the end of the year, you're up there at the city council and the the city council woman asked you, what are your credentials? Mm Mm-hmm. And the sisters in the community, they they wrote a letter. They were were ready to fight on your Mm -hmm. behalf, okay? Did you feel uh, marginalized in that line of questioning? Because you know what? To be honest with you, they, they I mean, they have a point sometimes. You know, that's our, our badge that we have to wear historically, where you're constantly having to prove themselves. But just you personally, did you feel, you know, marginalized mm-hmm. uh, at the time? In the moment, no. Um, You know, when you're doing a presentation in front of a a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of adrenaline and nervousness. Mm -hmm. And so, no, I I just felt like, oh, this was, you know, a question that was easy to answer. I felt like it was a great opportunity to talk about my credentials and my Mm -hmm. connection to Long Beach. Really, it it wasn't Mm -hmm. about the medical credentials because I really took that for granted. I'm like, I'm a health Mm -hmm. officer. You have to be a doctor. I didn't understand, like, a lot of people don't really know what a health officer is and that it actually is a medical doctor. Um, But no, I was just like happy to talk about growing up in Long Beach, you know, and doing my medical residency in Long Beach and Mm -hmm. graduating high school in Long Beach. Um, It wasn't until later, but, but I will say, and it wasn't just the black sisters, it was a bunch of people uh, who were concerned about that question. Um, And it wasn't until later that, you know, I don't, um, there's always an underpinning when questions mm-hmm. like this, and it might not necessarily be the questioner who, who has that in their head, but I think um, what's been happening with the pandemic is that, you know, those individuals that you were talking about who don't want to wear mm-hmm. a mask and don't want to close their businesses um, mm-hmm. are looking for whatever they can to discredit 
the message. And so if that's you being a woman, if it's you being black, if it's, you know, whatever, um, then they use that. And so I do think there's, there was an underpinning of that in, Mm -hmm. in the questions that uh, elected officials are getting because Mm -hmm. people are just using whatever they can. Sure. You know, but, you know, we're in this space now where, you know, racism and unconscious bias and all these fancy terms they have now are really coming to bear, you know. And so uh, I felt like that was a pretty interesting uh, situation. Uh, I was like, yeah, because I've been in some situations where people are and it might be coming. It's coming from that unconscious space, right? Right. Where it's like, okay, what are really your credentials to do what you do? And you get, right. oh, God, I got to explain to you. Uh, you know, yeah. and you get, you get frustrated. Is racism a public health crisis? Oh, definitely. Um, it is the underpinning of all of the disparities that we're seeing in the African-American, you know, in African-American healthcare, uh, Latinx population, Asian population, the systemic, it all starts, you know, I want to say systemic racism is kind of the, the tree that bears all of this rotten fruit that mm-hmm. we have to deal with, which is the unequal housing, the, mm-hmm. the poor educational opportunities, the fact that you can't get a job, you know, uh, criminal justice system, mm-hmm. police brutality, you know, mm-hmm. all the ways that we're treated uh, inequitably in this country is all coming from systemic racism, mm-hmm. um, healthcare. Um, and so we're always dealing with that. Um, at the bottom, that's always, you know, the, the, the fruit of all of that is, you know, dying more of COVID-19, being mm-hmm. hospitalized more from COVID-19. We're the frontline workers. We have to take public transportation. We have higher density housing where we live with multi-generations. Um, all of that is coming from systemic racism. And that is what we have to deal with in order to address disparities in COVID-19 and disparities in HIV, uh, disparities in STDs, um, diabetes, high blood pressure, all of those things are are a direct result of our experience in the United States with systemic racism. Mm -hmm. Now, let me ask you a question. You, um, you know, that's really, that's really, really great. So what do you do as a public health official. So if it's a public health crisis, and then we see in the headlines, oh, the city has declared it a public health crisis. Okay, now what? What is What happens? Right. So the city is, I think, you know, all of us, you know, public health is, is all of us in, right. in uh, some form. And so I think all of us need to be standing up against systemic racism and all of the, you know, uh, things that it causes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the city does have a, a racial equity plan. We are uh, looking at racial equity as a city. I think all of us who you know, care about housing, education, jobs, criminal justice reform, um, really need to stand together. Um, and that, that's what I hope that comes out of this pandemic and George Floyd's murder. Like there was a lot of things and the January 6th, um, there were a lot of things that kind of coalesced during this time that I hope helps us see that, you know, if you're for an, if you're for housing, if that's your thing, you know, then you're, you're for systemic racism. You're, you're, mm-hmm. a, you're an anti-racist. If you're trying mm-hmm. to have equal, if you're trying to promote COVID vaccinations in the black community, you're an anti-racist. And so if we could just kind of coalesce that together, that's millions and millions of people that are really all fighting for the same thing, which is for everyone in America to have what it takes to live healthy, um, happy, productive lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, it, that's, and that's truly the concept of, of America, right? Where everybody is is equal, right? And that's the that's the experiment concept yes yes (laughs) uh but wow (laughs) we got a long way to go i guess we've come a long way for sure Mm -hmm. we've got a we have a long way to go and um man i just really uh pray for this now let me just ask you okay one last question here we're ending coming to the end of our time but i really feel for the parents out there that are having to 
you know, homeschool their kids, technology, all of this whole thing. And uh, on one hand, you know, the state says, okay, you could open up the school systems with the teachers are like, no, 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 no. <laughs> what would you say, what will it take from your end of this whole, you know, multi-layered project to convince parents that it is safe, parents and teachers, that it's safe to now go to school? I think part of it will be seeing it be done. So there are some schools that are open now. Um, Long Beach also did hit the mark for that allows more schools to open. Um, so I think just seeing, you know, like, you know, just like some people don't want to be the first one, but seeing what other people do and how successful they are, I think that that will be important. I think also the uh, being able to um, adhere to precautions. So it's not like we're saying, oh, schools can open, everybody go in. You know, it, it's very different now. So it's mask wearing. Again, it's, you know, not having all the same number of people in the classroom, using outdoor spaces if you can, you know, maybe having a hybrid. Um, so I think that those really are the two things that I would look for for teachers and parents. I would look to see, you know, the schools that are already open, how are they doing? And then how committed are you know, is the school and mm. all of the stakeholders, the parents, the children, the teachers, the administrators to really adhering to the precautions that we've seen um, mm. that make a difference. And then I think also paying attention to the data, you know, there is a lot of growing data now that you can have safe reopenings of schools um, if you adhere to uh, the precautions. Um, but I think I, I, you know, um, I'm gonna I can need understand. To I'm going to need you to get that 50% number down first, though. <laughs> what, well, our what numbers is, are going down. They yeah. are going down. And and I think the thing that's important is if you want to go to school, then, you know, what are you personally willing to commit to? Um, a lot of the, the cases come from gatherings. So are you willing to not do those things so that we can get kids in schools? I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, what are you willing to kind of sacrifice in order to have the low enough numbers that we can get kids in school? And I really do think we can do it. I really do. Um, but I do understand people's hesitation. And I think, again, you have to do what works for your family. If you have a lot of older adults in your family, you know, and, and they have a lot of underlying health conditions and you want to continue distance learning, by all means, that that will be open to you and you should be able to do that. Um, but for those that, you know, feel like, hey, you know, I'm adhering to all the precautions, I'll make sure my kid adheres to all the precautions, and I want to do this, you know, my kid is really suffering in some way, um, then that is going to be available to you as well. I'm going to send my kid to school in a hazmat suit. That's what I, that's what I see. <laughs> you know, coming looking like, like he landed on Mars, something like he could go to school like that. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's lots of different ways to do education. So, you know, and socialization. Um, yeah. Yeah, because you know what? Uh, uh, you know, my grandsons are, they're, they're twins, but they're seniors in high school. And I just, I really feel bad for them because uh -huh. they don't get to do prom. They don't get to do all the cool stuff that uh, that comes with being a senior in high school. It's like, and I was talking to him the other day. I said, I said, well, do you, you know, do you make friends now? He says, no, because everybody's got their camera off. So, uh -huh. you know, there's all of those, those experiences that last throughout your lifetime that now we have two classes now that don't yeah. have that experience now. And that's really messed up. You know, yeah. uh, no prom, can't go to the prom, can't go to the football game. You know, I know. Come on. I know. I know. Who did this? <laughs> All yeah. right. Dr. Anissa Davis, thank you so much for coming through with uh, Coffee Conversations with Greg J. It's been thank very enlightening. Me. Thank you. And uh, we're going to have you back. Uh, you know, we'll talk about some more stuff. Uh, you know, if you had and if you have any messages that you need to get out to the people, certainly let us know. Uh, we really are dedicated to informing and inspiring our, our, our audience. And so we also have uh, invitations and it looks like it's going to happen for uh, the California Surgeon General to come up, come through. And uh, that's black woman, right? And uh, uh -huh. the head, the head of the Martin Luther King Community Hospital, uh, mm. the head of the 
uh, Charles Drew University of Medicine and Science. So we're going to have a, a string of, uh, of all stars, including yourself, all these Hall of Famers to come through and talk to the people about, you know, about this, uh, how we're going to deal with this COVID-19, uh, the vaccine. So are we safe? I, I suppose, you know, I, I, you know, we trust you there, Dr. Yeah. Davis. <laughs> so. There's things you can do to, okay. to be safer and vaccination mm-hmm. is one of them. So just, just keep, keep rolling it around in your head. All right. All right. And thank Very you so good. much for doing this. This is really important. It sounds like you're going to have some great people that to really provide information and to give a bunch of different perspectives. So that's wonderful. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. All right, y'all. Look, you want to be here on Thursday because so uh, we're going to talk to, uh, you know, we've been, it's Black History Month, right? And let, you remember last week we had the guy from uh, the San Bernardino Board of Education, Brother Hardy Brown, the second great family in Black media and had, showed us the slave chains and all of that. But right here in Long Beach, we're going to have the family of uh, Sharon McLucas, Sharon and David McLucas, their uh, exhibit Forgotten Images for one part of the show. On another part, uh, all the way from the University of Vermont, a sociologist, Dr. James Lowen. Now, let me just tell you about this. All right. This, some of you all don't know that back in the day, you know, you had sundown towns. So, you mm-hmm. know, some of, some of your city, if you look uh, back in the day, if you were caught out uh, uh, after sundown, it's not going to be good for you. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so he uh, has studied this whole thing and, and, and how history is taught in our schools, uh, a sociologist. And he'll be coming from the University of Vermont to talk about sundown towns. And you would be surprised here in our area, Inglewood, well, there were some downtowns, Torrance, Hawthorne, you know, uh-huh. it's, it's, you know, this is I think really, Culver really City. Stuff. Culver City, right? Exactly. I think Glendale. I don't know if you mentioned Glendale. That yes, uh-huh. Glendale. Uh, uh, quite a few. We try to find out if there was Long Beach, but we don't know. And he asked, uh-huh. he he actually asked me that question. He says, "Are you sure?" You know. So he said he was going to look into it, but. Um, I do know that I was at an event one time and uh, one of the former city councilmen was there and uh, we were downtown at the Museum of Art and, you know, got our little champagne there and we're at the event. And he says, yeah, I remember when we couldn't come down here. And it was such a profound statement, right? You're like, dang, Uh you know, this is really, really, really something. And so that's the history. That's American history. That's black history. We're going to study that on Thursday. All right, y'all. All right. Love one another. Mm-hmm. Love one another. Yep. Love one another. Peace and blessings. <laughs> <laughs>